0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. When they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, one does not live on bread alone. Then he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give to you all this power and glory for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. Jesus said to him in reply, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then he led him to Jerusalem, made him stand on the parapet of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him in reply, it also says, you shall not pass, put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Good morning, everybody. Oh, praise God. Just a word of thanks for everybody. As we do every month, we do the 24-hour adoration. So thank you, to everybody, who participated and taken up those prayer slots for joining us in prayer. We, had, uh, we have a small men's group from Fortola, and they took up the, the, tower, the time slot from 8 to 9 last night here. And one of the men, was his first time in adoration, very first time. And he said that as he approached a Lord in the monstrance, he said he started to feel fear at the majesty and the presence of God. He said for the first time, he started trembling. This is God himself in the monstrance. And he said he felt that the fear of the Lord. And then he says as he knelt down in prayer, he said that hour, he said it was almost as if he was transported outside of time. Have you ever had that experience in prayer? Oh, it's absolutely spectacular. It happens once in a while. It's a gift. He said he was kneeling down in prayer, and all of a sudden, the woman that came in next said, to redeem him a prayer. He said, what? That's been an hour? It felt like minutes. He was, he was beaming when I saw him at Mass this morning in Portola. He said, we got to do this in Portola now. He says, oh my gosh, we got to keep doing this. That guy was on fire for the Lord. And then after the holy hour here uh, they finished at nine. They did the very Catholic thing. They went to the bar. Because <laughs> there were nowhere else to meet in town. They would have easily went into the hall. So they went into town to, to, uh, to the Golden West, to the bar there. Our brothers went there to continue their, their, their fraternity. And then, you might know her, Nellie goes up to them and says, Hey, who are you guys? What are you guys doing here? Where are you guys coming from? we just spent an hour in adoration in the Catholic Church. She's like, what? <laughs> I'm Catholic too. Do you go to Mass? No, I don't need to. It's the same, the same idea. It's the reduction. I'll, I'll preach about this. It's not the homily yet, by the way. <laughs> it's the notion <laughs> that we don't need God in our life, right? And I'll talk about this more. Because and, and uh, we we'll won't mind bringing this story up, sharing the graces of our brother who was gifted the gift of adoration, of faith. And also I want to set our holy guns on Nellie. Evangelize her. Bring this daughter back to God. You guys know her. We got to bring souls back to Christ, everybody. That's our mission. Set your holy sights on her. Bring this daughter back into the family. Now we get into the homily. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, what are you doing for Lent? What are you doing? I want to interrogate you like a cop interrogating a criminal in the, in the room. I'll put a light on your, on your head. What are you doing for Lent? Because remember in this beautiful season of Holy Lent, we're upping our game in three ways. Remember the three ways of Lent. An increase in almsgiving, meaning we give more back to God from our material blessings. Almsgiving, increasing that. We're increasing our fasting. We withhold the the, the physical good of eating, of something. We deny our bodies. So we increase our fasting. Thirdly, we intensify our prayer life. What are you doing for Lent? And for these next 40 days, by the way, why is Lent 40 days? Why is Lent 40 days? It's really easy. It's really easy. The answer is in the book. <laughs> it's an open book question. Look what happens in the gospel. Jesus was led into the desert for 40 days to be tempted to do battle with the devil. That is why as Christians, we are going into the desert like Jesus the next 40 days. And why I ask you, what are you doing for Lent? Because I want to figure out how painful it will be for you. Lent should be painful. Lent should be challenging. You see, the Christian life and, and why the conversation at the Golden West, when she says, Oh, I don't need to go to church. One of the reasons she gave was because I don't need to go to church to be a nice person. What is that? It's the, again, it's the, it's the reduction of Christianity to a bunch of rules. That is not Christianity. It's an aspect, absolutely. We are called to, to love and to be kind. But oftentimes, so many people have a misconstrued notion that Christianity is about being nice. No. Christianity is meant for all of us to put skin in the game. Christianity, when lived well, when lived fully, is supposed to be painful. Why do I say that? Matthew 14, verse 24. Jesus says, If you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Where in that is Just be a nice person. Deny yourself. Pick up the cross and follow the Lord. Do you see why a Christian will always must, when they've well, have skin in the game? There's a man by the name of Alan Sherwood. He's a businessman out of Pittsburgh. Before the invasion of Ukraine began, he was scheduled to adopt a nine-year-old orphan girl. He brought the girl to the States, showed her around as they're in the process of paperwork, and says, hey, this is where you're gonna live when you eventually come over. Showed him around, and then, as we all know, the, the war broke out there. And of course, all of that fell to the wayside. He goes to mass, he goes to his pastor, Father Jason Sharon He says, "Father, I'm worried about the orphans in Kiev. I'm worried about them. We have to do something," he says to his pastor. "The kids are in danger," he says. "We have to go get them." Father Jason responded. Let's go. Within days, they hopped on the plane from Pittsburgh and they went straight to Warsaw. Poland. Because remember, Poland and Ukraine share a border there. And they went from Warsaw and they went straight to the border. According to the Polish government, nearly one million refugees have now flooded into Poland. Just them, just them. A million. So they would get to the border, Father Jason and Alan. And they have their American passports and they showed it to the Ukrainian guards there and the Polish guards. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, for those who have traveled, you know, when you have American passports, it tends to be a little easier for us to get around the world. And so they let them ride in. And Father Jason and Alan said that as they're going in, what you have there, you have miles and miles of cars that are abandoned on the road. Why? Well, it's because as the people are fleeing And there's a traffic jam, people are running out of fuel. And so it's mostly women and children that they they grab. They grab their meager belongings and then they, they, they walk the rest of the way to Poland. Because remember, the men, men ages 18 to 64 are by law required to stay and to fight off the invasion. And so as Father Jason and Alan or walk in the opposite direction of the traffic. Isn't that beautiful? Father Jason says this. It was a surreal experience, in one sense, that it was kind of like walking into a ghost town on the Ukrainian side of the border. Because everything was, everyone's hiding, right? And amazingly, outside of one of their cities, They find the kids, 22 orphans jam-packed in a 16-passenger van. They lead them, Father Jason and Alan, they lead them across the border in in the Czech Republic, because the Czech also shares a border with Ukraine. They bring the kids through there, literally, they have artillery shells going off around them, sounds of machine gun fire in the distance. And here are our brothers taking these kids. They take them to Czech, and they brought them to Slovakia, and then they're they're, they're working on a building a permanent orphanage in Lithuania. When I hear the stories, that's Lent, isn't it? Alan and Father Jason ventured into the desert of a battlefield putting skin in the game. They risked themselves. Didn't they? They could have easily stayed in Pittsburgh and watched it on the news like how I'm doing. Like, oh my gosh, it's so horrible over there. I watched it on the news and they got up, flew across the world to get orphans. They put their Christianity on the line, and put it into practice. You see, Christianity will always require us to sacrifice. There's no other way. Because the path that we are called to walk, especially during Lent, and in a very intense way, is to pour ourselves out in love. And when you live the fullness of Christian love, it will always cause pain in us. Why? Because I must deny myself. Do you see that? I must deny myself. And I must lay down my life for you. And that's not easy. That is always a path of pain. Look at our Lord now in the desert. He's doing direct, hand to hand combat with the devil himself. Do you notice the technique of the devil here? Notice what he does. It says three times. Notice the strategy and the tactics of the evil one against our Lord. And it's the same tactic, by the way, he uses against us. It's the same tactic the devil uses on us. The battle begins. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God. Do you see what happened right there? The first salvo of the devil against us and against Jesus, he attacks our identity. Do you see that? He attacks the identity. Because once once the devil hides the fact of who we are, we're easy pickings now. If I have no idea who I am, then I will never know my value and my worth. And then I will never know where I'm going. What does Jesus Christ reveal to us? so that you and I now. Now watch this, This it's absolutely stunning and profound. You and I are created in God's image and likeness. I am created in the image of the Trinity. I am created for God. And my goal and my destiny is to live eternally with God in heaven. That's the goal. If I know that, then now notice what happens when the lies approach us. If 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 we understand and penetrate that mystery, now if I go to you, you know what? You're just meant to consume, to buy stuff, to look pretty, to keep acquiring more houses and more cars, to have a bigger bank account. If I were to tell you those things, the Christian immediately says, no, no, I'm not. I'm a beloved son and daughter of God. If I know who I am, I'm easily able now to pick off the lies. Again, why does every totalitarian regime from the Roman emperors to Adolf Hitler to Mussolini to to Mao, all of the tyrants, always try to suppress the book and the Catholic Church? It's an attempt to hide our identity. If you are the son of God if you are the son of God. Three times he says that to Jesus. And notice what happens next. Notice how our Lord responds. He responds with the Bible, doesn't he? Three times Jesus responds, it is written, one does not live on bread alone. second temptation, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Third, it also says you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus Christ in the battle with the devil uses sacred scripture. This is why I'm absolutely excited for this Tuesday. Guess what's happening Tuesday? Our parish Bible study is launching. Tuesday, 6 p.m. here in the hall. Look at this. If Jesus now is using sacred scripture to battle the devil, what do you think the message is to you and I who are in that same battle? Just as intensely. Intensely. He's telling you and I, pick up the book, learn your story, delve deep into sacred scripture because this is how we are fortified, this is how we are strengthened, and this is our weapon. Know your Bible, and together as a parish family, we will launch into this, this Tuesday. If you haven't already, if if you're still on the fence, whether you should come, I'm telling you, this is going to be hard, by the way. It will take commitment. I'm not going to fool you. I'm not going to lie to you. This will take commitment. This will take hard work. Because you have homework assignments too. And we're going to test you every day. It's hard work. Good. Why? Tell me anything worthwhile in life that did not require hard work and discipline. Everything that's worth any sort of value requires us to give of ourselves. It's not less with God. There's more. Put skin in the game. This is why, and I'll end here on this final note, why we never trust a skinny chef, right? Isn't that true? If a chef is skinny, it means not even good enough for him to eat of himself, his own food. Don't trust a skinny chef. Would you trust a carpenter with smooth? Baby, soft hands. No. If he's a real carpenter, his hands better be calloused. and s- Better be calloused, roughly. Would you trust a Christian with no scars? I wouldn't. Why? Let me ask you. Did Jesus... Have any scars?